Ehlers with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell at the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. And Keaton Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches. Throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Through McCoy. Finn. All kinds of time. Gonna take a shot deep middle. What's going on, everybody? This is Chris K from Burning the Red Shirt Podcast here with Andrew P. Katz. Uh, episode 38. And the, the key focus for this one will be all 2023 stuff. Partially because we're putting this out late and we don't want seven people to listen and then move on to the next week. But also, uh, I think like at this point in the season, Andrew, and you can kind of maybe confirm or deny like some of the storylines are kind of stale, like all the fun stuff, like everything's been decided. I think part of the excitement of fantasy is like predicting good and bad and all that type of stuff. And at this point, everything is kind of figured out except for yeah. like obviously DFS, but is, is the season kind of stale for you or is it still exciting or where is, what's your stance on how you feel about the rest of this fantasy season? It's a good, good question because I, I was going to surprise you with the question of how your 2022 has gone and put you on the spot, but um, you kind of took it in that direction anyway, which is which is fine. But um, with respect to how the season's gone, so I, I definitely want to do a reflection article in the next week or two for uh, Kyle's Burner website, uh, what Brandon Chicken or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> just basically looking back at all my horrific predictions and taking L's left and right. So that'll be exciting. Um, I'm, I mean, there's, it, I spread myself so thin, which is bad in a, a lot of ways and good in others in the sense that once one, uh, door closes, there's lots of others open between DFS betting player props season long best ball. Right. So season long, largely is close for me at this point, uh, it managed leagues. I was in seven. I've, I've only got one still alive in the semifinals after I lost, uh, a couple of tough close quarterfinals last week one by two points one by five just incredibly frustrating uh like just i when it comes to setting playoff lineups i talked about it last time how i just like i'll just largely go with my gut and my gut totally effed me uh this week i I, in looking back i did so many stupid things that were just totally unnecessary when it comes to um who i decided to start versus who i decided to set. like completely indefensible in hindsight so reaped what i sowed um my 2022 overall i guess it's been pretty good uh season long managed leagues isn't going to be amazing best ball i should even though in mo in i'm not doing really anything in uh the champion series that we allocated too much so much time to i'm making a late run but i'm not going to really i might take down one of the 12 leagues but i'm not going to do anything in the overall but best ball overall I think I should come out ahead. I'm pretty close to wrapping up the uh, the Roto World P5 uh, league, even though I drafted under a different set of rules than everyone else. Uh, but and good I, karma, I, you you allowed for us to change the rule, and good karma came your way. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I guess I, I think I should net a, like 50% profit on best ball though, which is fine. Um, but betting, player props, all that kind of. Uh, FanDuel, DraftKings stuff, type stuff, DFS, all that's been really good to me this year. Uh, I've cooled on DFS over the last month or two just because I felt like I my edge was gone uh, as the season progressed, as it tends to do every single year. But I'm excited to ramp up DFS for bowl season because it feels like we really hit the reset where so much of the 
like that that data that so many people outside of myself tend to lean upon uh, as the season progresses, you, it all gets thrown out the window. So we're back at square one, which is yeah. where I want to be. So last season, I last bowl season after lighting a bunch of money on fire in the second the second half of the season, I decided to limp into bowl season. I was basically just maxing one dollar contests uh, and ended up up over a grand. So this nice. year, yeah, I, I want to play more. I want to play more of like the maxing the four, the six, the $12 type tournaments. Cause I feel like bowl season, it leans nicely into my skill set and where I excel. So I want to try and take advantage, advantage of that. So, I, I mean, similar to so many things that uh, a certain subset of our population dislike about college football when it comes to injuries and stuff, bowl season, there's so much of that, but I don't know. I love that shit. Uh, it's my favorite part. Uh, yep. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, to turning page on the regular season and getting to bowl season how's your how has your 2022 been it kind of similar to yours like i have been in like maybe five or six essentially like season long type stuff whether it's redraft or dynasty and the only one that's remaining is uh the burning the red shirt league we created oh yeah our team is doing good in that one I, i like our team there um the industry one i lost by 1.7 and had gibbs and addison which was frustrating and then in the other league, it wasn't even close. The winning edge league. So the one it is yeah, the one you're in. Uh, best balls. I was gonna make a point about best balls. Like I'm in the champion series. I'm like with you. I'm like in the middle of the pack. I have like a couple really awful teams. It's <laughs> just straight killing me. But I'm winning two of the leagues. Oh, and I think nice. I'll hold on. So like it's almost like to a point where I'm like, if I can just break even on baseball stuff, it's a win because I got entertainment in the off season, and I'm not losing money. So I'm I'm fine with breaking even, although I think I'll probably be up minimally. But nice. fall season, you make a good point. It's fun because it's you're back to square one with research and data. Like people are gonna sit that you know about, people are gonna sit randomly, people are gonna sit at halftime. I'll never forget that Oklahoma State receiver that just stopped playing at halftime, which was just incredible. Tyler. A couple years. Yeah, Tylen Wallace. Incredible. And he was on fire, like he was having a great game, maybe because <laughs> they knew he was only playing one half just to but like I think it's fun for two reasons. One, you get that refresh, you start back over. But it's also like ten or fourteen days of nothing. You know, you have the SEC championship. That whole weekend is like incredible. You have like the best of the best. The next week, you have like the fun Army Navy game. But I don't really play it because those are just so unpredictable. Just because of they use forty five guys on offense. But then you get kicked back into some real degenerate stuff, which is always fun to to watch. But I can't complain. DFS has been good, nothing crazy. But you know, two years ago was just awesome. But the, the first Saturday of bowl season is a top ten slate where we we always we always nightcap it with the New Orleans Bowl, right? And mm-hmm. you've got like four others that kind of and the, the the sites usually actually do a full day slate um, for for the the days that have multiple bowl games, which is rare, right? We never get sites in DFS that kind of span the entire day, which so that's another thing about bowl season that I love that we actually you actually you can have a game going off at noon a game or two at like noon or two thirty and then that's like my drag until a seven eight PM start. So you can actually mm-hmm. think about where you're at, what you need to do if you're uh, if you are in like the top ten in a tournament, give like spend the actual time to think about what I need to do from like a from a game theory perspective, which is which is fun. It's not built for the casuals to an extent because you do have to kind of be around. You have to kind of pick and choose. You know what I think? What I really like for 
for DraftKings and FanDuel to do in like in all facets of the season would be like this week we had two games on Tuesday, three on Wednesday, one yesterday, two tonight. Well, this is all recorded, but whatever. But it'd be great to kind of combine a couple of days. Like, why not oh, just combine best. all of Maction together? They'll never do it again. They'll never do it. I think yeah. they used to, though, way yeah. back when, right? They did. And we need uh, – do you remember when we had those, like, New Year's Day? Uh, oh, yeah. Those like were the, great. Yeah, that was the greatest thing. That w- not It wasn't – it started on New Year's Day and it went up through the natty, right? It was like that that big ter- tournament or whatever. Um, and now we have we the need, Bull Bash to replace yeah, it. Yeah, we need a third DFS site to pop up and, uh, to – to compete and kind of look to take advantage of stuff like that. But I don't think we'll ever see it again with DraftKings and FanDuel. Mm-mm. I think those are two, the just the two players, at least yeah. for football, like college football. For NFL, you might see something. I think I've seen like random sites pop up. But, yeah. you know, if I can't get big action on a college football slate on DraftKings, I'm not going to get it anywhere. But totally. all right, let's pivot into 2023. We have a couple random topics. Uh, I think the one that, I was most interested in was predicting the first round in 2023. I gave you a couple of days notice. So we are doing this atypical. We thought about stuff before joining this <laughs> conversation. I have created a top 10 of sorts, which makes it really hard is figuring out who is, who returns, who doesn't, which I think we could have fun talking about today, but I have 10 guys that are pretty much all guaranteed to come back. Have you thought deeper into this or should you just discuss what I think is a top 10? Which do you think it is? It's going to be my top 10. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's perfectly fine. So, all right. So I have 10 guys. I have three quarterbacks. Uh, Let's see. Two receivers and five running back. Quarterbacks would be Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Austin Reed. I think those are like the three quarterbacks that will pop up in the first round. Um, running backs. I got Quinshawn Judkins, uh, Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, Deuce Vaughn. I think that's four. So I miscounted, whatever. Receivers. Marvin Harrison, Xavier Worthy, Malachi Corley. Now, there's a ton of dudes that are great that, you know, we don't know for a fact, right? Like, uh, Let's see. You know, I think like Keith Mitchell could be a guy that creeps in the first round. Like if Josh Downs for some reason stayed, if Jalen Hyatt stayed, those are all guys I would consider first rounders. But let's not get a little crazy. What do you think first thoughts on that top 10? The Western Kentucky guys, I guess I haven't been paying that close attention to that teams because I didn't draft anyone on the team. I think the entire year has Corley really been that good. He's been a little inconsistent, and I think the reason why he hasn't been like as huge of a player was because their offense isn't the same. Like Reed has is producing the crazy yeah. numbers because he has like six rushing touchdowns. You know, you take that stuff away, and the, the passing stuff is a little spread out, and it's uh, it's just not as high the volume wise. Do you think Corley is is too high? Necess- maybe I thought that was like my last guy in. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats, but, and I, I do, I mean, I remember him having some really big games, right? But he, uh, he also had, had lots of duds. They, uh, so I don't know how statistically driven was this. And I asked from the perspective of we need to remember when we talk about Western Kentucky through the lens of 2022 that they had that extra game. Um, and so they're going to, 
players who played in every game, which I think Reed and Corley both did, they are, their stats are going to be a little bit inflated. Um, when you're thinking about one year to the next, it probably doesn't have that big of an impact, but just when you're reflecting about standing relative to 2022, like that's pretty material. Looking at their, uh, their schedule next year is so funny. Um, right now it's only four games. They are at Ohio state. They play a team that I actually, I don't know what it is from the, from, <laughs> from the acronym, the, uh, and, or the logo, the HCU Huskies. Who do you think, who is HCU? That's a great question. H-C-U. Oh, is this Houston Baptist rebranded? I think it is. Gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Houston Christian University? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, yeah. <laughs> is that what they are now? Yeah, that's what it is. And I guess that's like a, that's a, like a, a make good for stealing a Kitley from, from them. Uh, Kitley and Zappy. Like, here's a favor. We'll do a bye game with you. Um, wow. They are the Houston Christian Huskies. Yeah. Wow. I would be sketched about Corley for sure. Um, Reed, I, I don't know. I haven't watched him play at all. I'm, I guess the stats are awesome, but I feel like I would probably end up taking someone else. I think quarterbacks are a little difficult because, like, you know, I think looking back at 2022, it, there were some drafts we had one, there were some we had three, there were some that we had yeah. zero. Like, it just it was really kind of people doing different strategies and stuff. Um, so I could see, I think Drake may is like a lock yeah. unless he does something never, real stupid. And goes, overall, right? goes somewhere weird, but like, I would think that he's gotta be. And to talk about my thought process and how I did this pretty analytical and in depth. So I'll keep it. I'll dumb it down for everybody. I went to fantrax.com. I went to quarterbacks. I sorted by fancy points per game. And then I, based on my ooh-ah level, when I saw their points per game is how I ranked them. Nice. So nothing crazy. I mean, Corley's going to end with like 80 catches and 1,100 yards and eight or nine touchdowns. So it's still pretty It's pretty top-notch. You know, if, like a guy like Xavier Worthy isn't going to have those crazy numbers, but I included them. There's thought that he transfers. Did you see so, the, the Braylon Allen transfer rumors as well? Of course I did. Yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Braylon Allen in Michigan would be, I mean, Braylon Allen in Michigan or Wisconsin is a top 10 pick for me. Like it just is so consistent. Why didn't, why don't you have Will Rogers in your first round? <laughs> well, we, he's going to do the same thing as he did this year. If he's at Mississippi state, if I have talked more recently about him transferring. And if that's the case, it's not going to be better. Right. Like he would move for, NFL draft purposes, not to produce better numbers. Where's he going? Uh, we can't talk too. We don't want to dive too much into this. <laughs> Nate's going to talk about this on an article. All right, uh, fine. For Kingsley's game, but Will Rogers is mine, so I'm. It's all fair game for me. I won't talk about anybody else. I have three teams in mind: Washington, which is a little bit off the wall because he's a Mississippi. Like he's literally from Mississippi, so like, does he want to go West Coast? But I mean, look at what happened with Michael Penix, like that's a pretty great situation to go to for a quarterback. Like if you can make Penix like a legitimate prospect date, yeah. you know, second, third, fourth rounder, then like, I think any quarterback from anywhere should be interested. Uh, Wake Forest. There is thought that he has played his last, or he will be playing his final games for Wake Forest. Harmon. Uh, yeah. Hartman. He said he's done. And then Virginia, because there's thought that Brandon Armstrong might transfer, but I know that uh, that Nate wants to talk about 
Armstrong potentially. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I think when either of the, all those off, uh, offenses, he's still a good option, but like considering how good he is at Mississippi state, like it's not going to get better, but totally. uh, do you think I missed anybody and off the top of your head? Do you think I missed anyone? I have a uh, may heart, uh, Marvin Harrison, Austin Reed, Caleb Williams, Judkins, Travion Worthy, Braylon, Malachi, Deuce. Effing Travion, man. What what a disappointment this year. You hitched your wagon pretty hard on that one. Yeah, it just that got one, beat it worked up. out really well. That one felt like a little bit of a stretch. Do you I mean he's obviously gonna be back? Is there a shot that like he gets dinged up again and then you see him just not play four games because Ohio State doesn't need to push it? Who who knows? So I, I'm looking at uh, the list that you sent and a couple things that here, let's pivot this slightly. Do you think is, is JSN definitely gone? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying first round for him. It's weird though. Like he hasn't done anything in over a year, but yeah. I mean, I guess we haven't seen that necessarily impact a, a lot of players too much like Derek Stingley didn't do anything for like two and a half years and then he went third overall so it's whatever what do you think I wonder I wonder how much players like Travion and JSN are like I appreciate you caring for my health coach but like I came to play football like not rest up for Michigan well the JSN thing is so weird because he recently like within the past few weeks saw it an opinion from like an outside doctor or something. So it, I gather that he's like not super pleased with what's going on there. Uh, the treatment that, which is so weird. You, I just assume that like all these programs like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state have the world-class facilities, world-class doctors. It's like, why do you need to go to a sec to get a second opinion on like a hamstring pull? <laughs> I would it. think that he wants to play so bad and he's tired of, I mean, think uh, about it. a guy like yeah. him, yeah. Wants to play because he's trying to make sure he's a first rounder. He yeah. probably looks elsewhere because he's like, coaches are holding me back. You know, they just want me to be a hundred percent for Michigan and they don't need them. Right. Like they just blow teams out because they have Harrison and, and Nemeca. So I could see him being upset about it. And same with like Travion. Travion has been unimpressive to me this year. No, he's been awful. Yeah. Like he hasn't even looked that good when he's been on the field. Um, you are in the list that you uh, you initially came up with before paring it down. I think you're right to have both Marshall running backs on the list for initial consideration. And I assume either made it to the final cut just because we have no idea what's going to happen there. Like I, I assume, I assume everyone has another year. That's uh, my rule of thumb. When you were talking about Penix before, I assume we could find a year for him. I assume we could find a year for LeBorn, even though I think like he was like like class of 2016 or something. Um, but who knows? Like that—that that is so interesting, right? What's going to happen with Rasheen Ali? What's going to ha happen with uh, LeBorn? Um, and what, like, you would think if if only one of them is there next year, that per that person has to be here in like in round one consideration. Yeah, I'll let Nate slack me after he listens to this to let me know the current status of LeBorn. He's technically played three FBS seasons, but. One was FSU and he didn't play. He just was on the team. Then I think he went like Juco, right? Yeah. But so that, he might. There's also 2021. Doesn't... The, the COVID year probably plays some factor in there too, right? Yeah. So who knows his availability? But like, let's talk a little, a couple of receivers. 
that I think would be locks for first round if, if they come back would be Jalen Hyatt and Josh Downs. But there's no way they come back, right? Downs, you would think, is gone. Hyatt, who knows? Um, would, it, would it be that surprising if the feedback he got was great job turning your insane gifts into production. We still see you being an idiot on the field sometimes, and you still drop a zillion passes. Go prove it for another year and turn that fifth, that third or that second or third round into a first round. Well, um, I wonder how much he's not like a big guy, right? Like Josh Downs yeah. is small, but he's super elusive. Like JSN yeah. is, but like I could see NFL. I mean, NFL loves taking five, six receivers in the first round, but like this class is going to be pretty loaded between like Hyatt, if he goes downs, um, Quentin Johnston, you have uh, like Addison, Boutte, right? Addison, right? And then like you even have like some fringe guys like Puka. I think Puka's kind of played his way into like relevancy in the draft. You know, does AT Perry go? And what do people think of him? Like, I wonder if Hyatt says, well, Joe Milton's got the greatest arm this side of the Mississippi. Maybe I'd do it one more time. Where Puka needs to come back for a couple more years, I think. He needs some more seasoning. Needs, <laughs> we needs wish, to right? Prove, needs to prove he can stay healthy. I mean, when you're 27, the only <laughs> thing you can do is prove that you're better than 21 year olds. Yeah. Um, where do so you, I, where, what round is Joe Milton going in drafts next year? So, okay. So I. <laughs> I made a bet when Joe Milton was on Michigan. I made a bet with a buddy that he would get drafted at some point in his career. I still think he does. I think if he were to leave and go pro right now, he could get drafted because his arm is insane, right? Like, I mean, it's just incredible. So I think he could be like a sixth or seventh rounder right now. I think next year he can play his way into like third, second, third round. Have He's you watched any older. of the garbage time with him this year? Just the insane replays. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but every every game that nets out that way, you look at the stat box and he's like three or four for 120 yards and two touchdowns. With like a 68 yard bomb to squirrel. Like I think <laughs> if it's a blowout, if it's game, if the game is going into if going into the game, it's a blowout for Tennessee. That's like the projection. I think you have to consider squirrel right at like three three point five k because you know he's catching a 60 yard bomb. Who is that? I don't. I don't know the Squirrel name. Squirrel White is. Uh, they're like. It's like Mark. Uh, Mark I think. Uh, White. <laughs> True freshman. He's tiny. He's like. He's got to be like five nine one buck sixty. But he's like. It was a pretty big recruit. Nothing insane, but a good recruit. Yeah. And he's gotten. I'll pull up his, his stats in a second here. But every time he throws a touchdown, it's to Squirrel. That's so funny. The the oh. Milton Squirrel stack next year. I mean, he's fast enough to make it happen. Uh, he's got 12 catches for 259 and a touchdown this year. He has 60, a 58-yard catch against Missouri, 64-yard touchdown against UTM, a 47-yard catch against Akron. And these aren't like catch and runs. These are like just I'm gonna like uh, almost like when you play uh, like catch with yourself type throws, like where you just yeah. throw it as high and long as you can and you run under it. That's what it kind of feels like, but. Uh, Bo Nix. Do you think Bo Nix comes back? He has another year, like everyone else. Like everybody else, he has another year. He was a true uh, junior last year, so he's a true senior now, which means 2020 year gives him one more. So we're assuming he's out this week. 
and then what's he got left? He's got the Civil War. It's I don't I've given up trying to figure out what the um what actually happens in terms of what teams get into the Pac-12 championship. I assume Oregon somehow gets there though. It feels like Oregon. It's between Oregon, Utah, USC, right? Pretty much. There's 33 scenarios. One of them results in Washington getting in, and a few of them mm-hmm. result in UCLA. Um, but yeah, I th- I think he got. I think he goes. Some some so, dude. I saw the corollary drawn by some draft nerd or someone said like if Kenny Pickett can go in the first round of the draft, like doesn't Bo Nix have to go? leave now and become a first rounder too. Um, so I, that is, I mean, we've, those are your two boys. So I could, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Tides have turned. People are now very pro Bo Nix as like a second, third, fourth round prospect. I feel like I, I'm starting to see more positive stuff. It used to be the joke was that whole like Heisman joke. Yeah dark horse contender for the Heisman, like, you know, in the off season stuff. And now it's, it's completely turned, but I don't know. I think one of the interesting um, points of like the off season will be, do you make more money going to the pros or staying back? And I think like Bo Nix isn't a great example. Like, you know, Nike is Nike is Oregon. Does Nike pull some NIL? I mean, like they could pay literally whatever they wanted, right? Like <laughs> if you're Phil Knight, you, you saw Ty Thompson, and if Ty Thompson plays against whomever, what who do they Oregon plays Utah? Yeah, and he sucks. Like if you're Phil Knight, you just open up the pocketbook, right? You open up the checkbook and make it happen. You would think that's how it works, and I'm surprised. It felt like we didn't see that last off season, and there was no reason that we shouldn't have. But maybe with people getting more comfortable about what they can do and get away with or whatever within. The, the rules. Um, hopefully we see it more this year. That I think that would be a fun, fun thing to follow and to see actually play out. And just from an, an analysis perspective, like it sucks, dude, when we see so many of our favorite CFF players, like as soon as the NFL draft list ends, that list comes out of guys who left early and didn't get drafted. And it's like, dude, these guys would have been first round CFF picks. And it's disappointing from that angle, but also like, now that they're fucked like their lives could have been so much better and it could have been better for everyone now it's well not. hopefully hopefully those fringy guys don't feel like they have to go to the nfl and they stay back even yeah. if it's for a 50k deal right like so yeah uh, i'm curious with you know who were who got paid last offseason like big time right like jordan addison was the big one and then i guess technically he still hasn't gotten paid i think that's like a big conspiracy but yeah like i think people seeing these types of transfers happen and nobody get in trouble is kind of like, okay, well now that maybe I'll try it. So we might get some crazy stuff, but um, I think the other guy that kind of fits in that same mold is Jaden Daniels. He has to stay right. Like stay and make money. You would think so. Um, I don't, I, I haven't read anything up on what his draft stock looks like, but I couldn't imagine it's, it's that great at this point. The idea, right, is that there's largely just two QBs in this in this class, uh, and then doors open for QB three, QB four. But is that that interesting if we're talking about like round five, six in the NFL draft, versus if 
LSU presumably limited or uh, unlimited money could just throw him a few million to to chill and try and uh, do, to make some moves next year. Yeah, I think there's I think that's like the easiest one to predict. I just yeah. he just hasn't you know Knicks has some has some different skill sets that I think like definitely put him in conversations. But Daniels, I mean, if he did have an NFL future in this draft, it, it's gone after last week's game. Uh, did you see that game, LSU Arkansas? Uh I watched it for a little bit because I started Malik Hornsby. So of course, yeah, that was that was really smart. It went pretty much as well as I probably should have expected. Uh, but it seemed like such a fun idea for while I was while I was in, inserting him into my lineup. But yeah, it, the the whole game just seemed like a miserable experience. Uh, the turnovers players running around quarterbacks running around in circles and getting sacked and stripped and stuff stuff like that. So, uh, but I, I wasn't really paying too much attention when LSU had the ball. Uh, they were pretty awful. And the, my favorite part of it was they had like all these hot drinks on the sideline. Did you yeah. see that grab? Yeah, it was yeah. coffee, chicken hot, soup, chicken soup. That's the one I was looking for. I was like, what chicken soup? You know, I heard that with the, uh, there's a classic Notre Dame Joe Montana story about chicken soup. Have you ever heard of that? No. They're, they're playing in a big bowl game against Houston. It's freezing. Joe Montana has played awful. He's got like hypothermia. He's so cold. Um, he goes into the locker room at halftime and has a bowl of chicken noodle soup or chicken soup and gets warm and brings them back and scores like 20 points to win against Houston. So back in, I think that was probably like the seventies, but giving you some historical knowledge there uh two running backs i think are super interesting that i think pre this season felt like locks to be uh to be going to the pros that i think now the doors have opened doors have opened for them to maybe transfer or stay at their respective school lou nichols and zach evans what are your thoughts on if they transfer, if they go pro? Do you have a lean? I feel like with Evans, he's so done with college that no matter what sort of feedback he gets, he's just going to go and see what happens at the pro level. And I, he feels like the kind of player that is just going to be so much more successful at the NFL level than he was in college. Where it's just straight business. Who cares what you do off the field in a sense? Yeah, I, it, it felt like he had a lot of, just some bad luck in some cases with respect to health. Um, you will, you know, you can't take me seriously because I will never admit that Judkins is better than Evans in any capacity. Uh, Nichols, you you watched. Uh, you had the you had the unfortunate viewing experience of watching Maction the last few weeks, right? Correct. How done with that whole thing is Jim McElwain? Like that guy, dude looks miserable every second he's on the Central Michigan sideline. I don't know if he's actually involved in like that. Their game plans are super smart. The way that they kind of adapt relative to skill sets and injuries and stuff like that. So props to them for uh, reeling off. Uh, I can't remember. Did they lose that game to Western Michigan last week? This week, or did they pull it out at the, at the last second? It, it was a god awful game, but it was brutal. Yeah. It was rough. Um, they won 12 to 10. Yeah. Or I'm I, sorry, they I, lost 12 to 10. They okay. Lost 12 to 10. 
Yeah, I, I feel like Nichols has to probably be done with them in some capacity, right? And maybe it's transferring. That I think that would make more sense than um, than going straight to the pros. Like, I don't, like, what could he realistically expect if he tries to enter the draft at this point? He had a pretty miserable season. Um, I, I think if there's a guy that I would peg as like superstar name in CFF that'll do that'll be like the biggest box bust for next year is Lou Knuckles. I think he's just a volume guy at the end of the day. And he's like, and I think part of this is like when you get 40 touches a game and you put up decent, num- you know, decent yards per carry numbers and stuff like that. Like you get beat up, your body is broken. Yeah, that's fair. Is there a guy that pops for you? That's like a, a stud or a higher known guy that you think mm, not next year. Chase Brown, maybe. I don't know if he has another year. I'm sure he's got another year. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I don't. I want. It'll be. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I. I was kind of into him last year or maybe two years ago when he initially came over from Western Michigan, uh, but unfortunately, I did not draft him at all uh, this past year. But it see, feels like th- things have broken really great for him on a number of fronts uh, this year. So. Even if he's back next year, I, I'd probably be hesitant. Feels like an overdrafted guy potentially. He was at Western Michigan 2018, barely played 2019, and then there's 2020. So he, I, as long as he didn't play in like special teams for a bunch of games that year, in 2019, he's got another year. It looks like he could be think, a good example of a guy taking a couple million to come back. Though, do you think Illinois would do that, or do you think he'd have to go somewhere else? Why wouldn't they? It's, someone said on the CDC Slack the other day, and I think this is fairly comparable. It was like, do you think the Vanderbilt coach gets fired? And I said, why would Vanderbilt ever fire a football coach? Like, why would you ever pay a buyout? Why would you ever have two contracts on the hook for you? You're Vanderbilt football. Like, do you really need to spend money on football? Like, in the same vein, Illinois is a basketball school, historically, and I just don't know if <laughs> I just don't know if they're gonna pay something crazy. That's fair. Um, there's no way the Vanderbilt coach gets fired though. They just had that that big win. It, it, like I understand a lot of what Vanderbilt is doing seems like it is big picture stuff. They hired that dude from two four seven to like manage the whole NIL process years early. Um, so they're thinking big picture for uh, like not necessarily on immediate results. And I think they, in the, along the same vein, they, when they, um, when, when they pulled the plug on Mike, Wright After like week three, that was like, the idea is, Oh, we've got this recruit that we love. He's uh, we've been prepping him and now we're going to turn him loose and start to get his feet actual wet and actual games with the idea being the skin pay dividends down the road. And I'm so happy that, that's not really the case because Mike Wright did not deserve to lose his job. And it, he just had, he just engineered the biggest win in for the program in what, like the last seven, eight years since J- James Franklin was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's a, uh, do you think he stays or goes now that like, they're going to continue to try and make AJ a- Swan happen. Right. So yeah. Mike Wright's gone. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, if I'm Mike Wright, I'm like, okay, so I played well, I got benched. I came in and played decent and then I came in and got us a big win. Like, why would I ever trust this coaching staff again? 
That's right, another guy a, that we'll talk a, about so next week. Who? All right. You almost described the exact same story as what's playing out at West Virginia with Garrett Green. What do you think happened? Who do you think goes higher in fancy drafts next year? And where are they playing? Mike Wright or Garrett Green? I think Garrett Green stays at West Virginia. Because they can Neil Brown and they bring in a real coach. That or I think I think Garrett Green is similar but different at the same time. Like Garrett Green never was the quarterback and never got benched. Yeah. He just should have been put as the quarterback earlier. But so there are similarities, some potential distrust in coaching staff. Um did you watch any of that that West Virginia Oklahoma game? He looked good. Yeah, he did. He looked good. I mean, his passing numbers were good. He looked like he knew what he was doing. It wasn't like a typical running quarterback that comes yeah, in. That's a bad they like, he was like doing a ton of improv stuff, but it wasn't just, all right, I'm going to call my own number a zillion times. Like he was, mm-hmm. it was Bo Nixie kind of, right? He was I like, was literally just thinking that. I was, <laughs> I was wondering if you'd say it. It was yeah. Bo Nixie. It's a little bit of uh, chaos in the pocket, a little bit mm-hmm. of improv, and then just enough like, and I think sometimes too, like both of those guys, at least Bo at Auburn, it was like he he should have thrown it when he should have run it or when he ran it and he should have ran it when he threw it like sometimes. But he got so much better at that at Oregon with, I don't know, 10 different positive upticks totally. in his lifestyle. Uh, and who was the other guy? Uh, Mike Wright. Yeah, I think Mike Wright's good as gone. I think Green stays at West Virginia and Wright could go a, a various number of places. Yeah. I would have... The, the toughest call is whether guys just go like, if do they go to P5 transfer or do they go down? To, not down, but to the group of five type. Yeah. I, I, I all like, we always want to send these fun athlete QBs to the Mac, but realistically these two guys are in the sec. Like that doesn't make more sense to send them to the Sun Belt instead. AAC Sun Belt. Yeah, you have some alternative options that are really pretty good. You know who's got another year of, a year of eligibility, and I swear to God, he's been in college football for twelve years. Quarterback Mike Bainbridge's favorite player until he was good, and then he disowned him. Spencer Sanders has another year of eligibility. It's awesome. I'm so here for it. The fact that he had like literally posted identical stat lines his first two seasons at Oklahoma State will never be forgotten. And uh, dude is just what happened with that whole fiasco? Did you see he he came back? He came in the game after being told he was out. Like everybody said, yeah, yeah, he's not playing. And then he came in the game. Yeah, there's my read on Oklahoma State generally the past few weeks maybe even more than that the last month, month and a half is that a, a confluent, the confluence of injuries and just bad luck. That's, that's kind of rained down on the program has just derailed their season in a way that you, you don't really see You haven't really seen that in most programs. My boy Gundy, I think has done a decent job, like holding the four together outside of the, the Kansas state debacle, just keeping them in competitive in games with the number of injuries that they've had is a testament to how good of a a coach and how good that staff, how good of a job that coaching staff has done. Um, Post game, they basically said like, yeah, like we really didn't want to get Spencer in the game. Like he hasn't practiced basically in in weeks. Um, But I mean, you 
I guess with Wrangell being out, right. And they Gundy saw how his son was playing and he was like, all right, Spencer, can you get in there? And I mean, that, which is so unfair, right? You know, the kid's always going to say yes. Like the, the, the adrenaline's probably through the roof on game day. You want to help your team. So who knows what injuries he's dealing with, but I'm sure he was at, at a ton of risk and just not like, not even close to healthy, but it's awesome. I mean, the dude is straight badass. Like yeah. just I don't think body on the bad. line. Like I've read way too many Oklahoma state interviews with Gundy and Sanders and uh, basically anyone in the program trying to pick up information and because Gundy says so little that's actually actionable. So you got to really, if you're trying to learn about the program, you got to really try and read the tea leaves. And Spencer just feels to me like after his last game, he's going to get on a horse and just ride out of the stadium and go, go fishing in the woods and never be heard from again. Like that, that's the vibe I get from him. And maybe, maybe that happens at the end of a bowl game this year. Uh, I think he's a lifer. I think he'll come back for that fifth year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, why wouldn't you, right? If you have the fifth year, why would, I mean, Spencer Sanders is not an NFL guy. No. Why wouldn't you just play another year? I mean, you can, especially now that you can, I would love bucks. it. Yeah. I mean, it would be amazing. Do you think he would go else? Like, do you think he would transfer out? Because like this no, Wrangle guy was, not. is it was a big prospect. I wonder if big recruit. He's staying. If he if he if he pl- continues to play, he's staying. At That's fair. Yeah. Uh, one decision for the NFL with big fantasy implications would be the Michigan running back group, Blake Corum. If he were to go pro, then Donovan Edwards is your one A or just straight one. Do you think Edwards? I think we both agree Corum is going to the NFL. Does he have much left to prove? No, uh, no I, I feel like out of all the players and all the horrendous takes I've had this year, fading Corum, fading the Michigan running game across the board is my uh, the one that hurts the most. Out of really pure, uh, what's the word? Spite. No, not that one. The one where I'm like uh, arrogance. That's the one. Uh, my 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 greatest trait. Uh, pure arrogance, uh, more than anything else. And yeah, I mean, Quorum's been incredible. He's been amazing. Do you see it with Edwards in terms of just like as a runner? No, I no. That was I was wondering if you would agree or disagree. Uh, it's funny to think about, and I got a million takes wrong. So please come at me. Who I'm about to subtweet here there were people that thought donovan edwards would have a better fancy season <laughs> than blake Horm. and it wasn't you know there was the a great comparison in a sense would be like the jaquavius marks dylan johnson conversation of like hey don't take marks just take dylan johnson eight rounds later which the same guys actually had the same point and they nailed it in my opinion that was the perfect move to do but like edwards and Corm were getting taken back to back almost yeah. and sometimes yeah. Edwards first. I think Edwards has been surprisingly underwhelming. I don't, he looks like one of those just great in the NFL. Like he, like a Zach Evans where he really fits the NFL mold better. Cause he's so good in the passing game and he's just a very solid runner, but like Blake Corum is kind of the opposite, right? Like he's not, I mean, he's fine in the passing game. He's not awful, but he makes his money in between the tackles. So I don't think Edwards is really that good um fit what, what about stokes is stokes legit 
Stokes is, I would say Stokes is like a thinner version of Corum. I like Stokes. Yeah. Stokes has looked good um, to me all season. He is 5'10, 196. And let's see how big Corum is. Let's see how close I was. Um, Corum is just like thick. You know, he's just built thick. He's 5'8, <laughs> yeah. 210. So I don't know. I think Stokes isn't necessary. I think Stokes is closer to like an Edwards in terms of like, then he would be like a quorum, but he, I think he'll be successful. It just won't be the same run game. You see Braylon Allen going to Michigan. I don't know. I, I will keep speaking about it because I'm hoping, but there's, <laughs> I don't think there's any way there's, I've read some stuff on it and there's concerns about like, you know, Michigan only allows like 60 credit hours to be taken over, which Allen, I'm sure Allen did summer school and stuff. He's probably at like 75 or 80 credits. So like, then you fall into this, like, do you, does a guy want to get rid of credits? Does he qualify if he's at 60? He might, considering he's going to be a true junior. I just, I don't know. It's, is there a lot of benefit for Allen to go to Michigan over staying at Wisconsin? Depends how much he can get. He's getting paid. I mean, besides money, right? Like, I don't see, I don't, it's, you know, it's not like Will Rogers where, like, if he were to go to a real passing offense, like there's a benefit. Yeah. Allen and at Wisconsin is going to be doing the same thing as he is at Michigan. So why, why leave? Well, you saw the Allen USC rumor too, right? I did not see that one. Now that one That's would fun. make a little bit more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Lincoln Riley with a bruiser, big running back, and then Caleb Williams, like the most savant quarterback with an incredible <laughs> arm. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Just total payback for Wisconsin talking to Caleb Williams during his uh, transfer <laughs> period. Going and Lincoln would do that too. Lincoln would 100% make a move. He's yeah. like, I don't even like Braylon Allen. Doesn't fit the scheme at all, but <laughs> screw Wisconsin. They yeah. don't ever talk to my quarterback. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I guess the only other thing for 2023 we haven't talked about, and I don't have a whole lot, so maybe this will be quick, is any galaxy brain coaching changes, any firings, any interesting conversations we haven't talked about. I mean, I think everybody's talked about Auburn and Dion a hundred times, but anybody else, any other connections? I think Texas A&M stays status quo. Everyone gets really upset about that. The only possible change is like, do they do, do they do anything with respect to offensive coordinator? Who knows, right? But uh, Jimbo's still there, so I don't know why we continue to like, waste our our time and our energy talking about it outside of people like to be outraged. But um, I don't know. I, I, nothing off the top of my head, uh, really. What do you got? I don't really have anything too fancy. You know, Georgia Tech is open. Everybody seems to think in the C two C group that uh, Chadwell from coastal yeah. is like the perfect tire for that. And he could probably just bring his quarterback. Do you think that's about as good as a fit as Georgia tech can get? I don't know, man. McCall's Grayson McCall said he, he pisses teal. You can't say, you can't say <laughs> that. And then just go it's, to Atlanta, even though it's a medical condition that does not get resolved overnight by going to Georgia <laughs> tech. Apparently, uh, I picked up Zach Pyron in a couple leagues. Do you know who that is? 
He kind of looks like you, doesn't he? If he's a ginger, I swear. I think that I think he is. I, I was because I, I think your boy Austin from C2C, oh, he, he was a big Chiron I mean, fan coming when during the recruiting process, and I was so upset that any, that Jeff Sims's credentials were being uh, questioned in any capacity. He is redheaded for sure, but he rocks like a goatee and a stash. Okay, and I just could never pull that off. Uh, it's close enough, though. I'll give you that. I thought he looked pretty decent for a true freshman. He was high, uh, he was highly rated. A- ask. Uh, I'm surprised that the C2C guys haven't you enli- haven't enlightened you on this. Uh, he, like he was a he was a big time recruit. It was a good get. But I think sometimes they hold back on me. Yeah, maybe because. But he's, he's gotten a lot of rushing usage. If it is Chadwell, that feels like a perfect kind of mold. Like the perfect. I think. Do you think? coaches kind of look at who the quarterback is like do you think a, a coach like chadwell looks at georgia tech and says like yeah acc great city great recruiting area you know you have to fight off georgia which is whatever but like in the you have to fight off a lot of schools period and i have like a pretty decent looking young quarterback or do you think that's irrelevant with the transfer portal it's a great question i i would think that there is like coaches definitely give consideration to the short term in terms of what the roster looks like and stuff like that. Cause you, like, unless you're really in lockstep with the, with the AD on like a three, four five year plan, like the, did you ever read about uh, Scott Lofler at Bowling Green? Uh, the, he basically, when he was at Boston college or something before Bowling Green. And when he was in discussions to take the Bowling Green job, he was not going to take the job until he had like total buy-in from the program on like, he was like, Hey, like your roster is shit. This whole program's garbage. I need like five years to get you to the point where it's just a passable, a passable grade of football. And I'm not taking this job unless I get buy-in to that extent. Um, which just feels like so rare that um, that you could actually get that sort of that buy-in that, and it actually isn't meaningful in any capacity as a coach taking a job. Um, but if, and if you're not right. And like some, a lot of places are not like, you can, even if an AD tells you that, you know, it's BS just cause like, even like it's, imagine the Auburn uh, athletic director tells you, Oh yeah, you have five years to turn the program around. Like that's laughable. Right. Um, but never going to happen. Except in, in certain places where that is plausible you would have to think that the state of the the current state of the program with respect to the roster is a material factor in determining how how good the job appears to you on the surface level, right? Because your you, you short term results are are the results that, that matter for most new coaches at the new schools. Your immediate your maybe you're not on the hot seat, but that seat's warm from day one. Yeah, I think you have to consider it. You don't get. I mean, if Georgia Tech is firing a guy after because Collins was what three years, <laughs> like if Georgia Tech's doing it, like I mean, it's possible anywhere. Like Auburn's not surprising, right? Two years of horrible Harson, twenty-one games, twenty-one games. Like that's not a shocker, right? That's a Auburn's a different program than Georgia Tech at least right now. And if that's going to happen at Georgia Tech, you know, I will tell you as a Virginia Tech fan, people, I think largely. 80 to 85% of people are still on board with Pry 
even though we've been awful, like awful and have blown like 18 and 20 point leads and stuff like that. But there are still people that are like, they can find ways to be like, eh, he needs to go. And I he think just he got here. I think he, I would can him. I think the argument would be like, show me anything of value on that team. <laughs> like our quarterback is Grant Wells. Our best running back looked really good. The two yeah, games Malachi played. Malachi looks great, but they have nothing. And I think Fuente left the cupboard so bare. Um, and I think, I think he probably made a bad assistant hire or two because some of the offensive like play calling feels just brutal. Mm-hmm. But I also think like Virginia Tech can't afford like our alumni base does not donate like others. Our boosted group is not huge. So it'll be interesting. But are you a this, booster yet? You know, I did donate 50 bucks to the baseball team last year. Oh, nice. So I do get the postcards. That's cool. So, um, cool. Anything you want to wrap up with or any final 2023 thoughts? Any Anybody I missed? No. Looking forward to, I mean, the offseason, I, I like, I, I look down and, and laugh at uh, the, the nerds that are already talking about baseball for next year. And then, you know, we're going to be doing a pod as soon as the national championship game ends where we're just talking about like meta college football shit. So if I'm nothing, if I'm not a hypocrite, but I, I, I'm, I am looking forward to like the off season 2023. I, I think I, I am looking for some ways to scale back some of the things that I'm doing in the off season. And even in terms of like my weekly workload with respect to CFB in season for next year, just cause like we potted every single week, but this uh, from national championship game till now. And yeah, I mean, I can talk off the top of my head for an hour a week, but I feel like there's other ways that I can try and, just uh, give myself a little more of, of a break in the off season without necessarily compromising my, my, uh, my knowledge base. So looking forward to the off season. Cause it's when we get to do more abstract, more fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be fun. Yeah. Speculation is always fun, right? Like the, yeah. like what's going to happen predictions, things like that. And I think we've hit the point where it's everything's been decided. Like I said earlier, but Awesome. Well, glad everybody could uh, listen, all 12 of you. We appreciate you. Like and subscribe and all that jazz or whatever, right? Zach told me to say that, but uh, have a good one.